1: Let's go
2: back to 2011 with Squidge Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge Hello and welcome to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective the rugby podcast that has already forgotten who Dan Carter is um who? I don't exactly precisely <laughs> Did you get that it was a joke um, because you said you've forgotten who he because is cuz he's we don't know and, who, we don't know um, I Carters. was like who yeah. because I would if I knew who he was I wouldn't have, yeah had to ask But who is him, he? Who? Who's he? Who? Who's who's I think actually, I need to check my notes again hold on he says um Don Catra Oh never heard of him Yeah no great Um yeah I am joined as ever by Mr Willow in how are you doing That's me I'm Slightly yeah. giddy, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm 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 alright. I'm Robbie Squidge, whatever you want to call me. Um and not currently in the call, but you'll be hearing from very shortly, is Canada International in fifteens and sevens, Connor Trainer. Uh we have just, as we're recording this, hung up with the the call with Connor a moment earlier. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, that was good. It was really fun chatting to Connor. To contextualise it, he was called in late into this game that we're talking about and ended up scoring two tries against the all blacks sorry for the spoilers but that's why we called him in and we set it out as a long-term target when we first started this podcast that you know wouldn't it be funny if we could talk to connor trainer about the time he scored two tries against the all blacks and it happened and he was absolutely lovely and really down for the chat and i can't thank him enough for his time which we actually overran from what we promised and Yeah. yeah he was he was great and he then stayed on a bit afterwards and talked to us yeah it was it was fantastic, so I am without any further ado today we are here to talk about New Zealand's win over Canada if they if Canada um, had won with a bonus point they could have gone through uh, however, New Zealand only did the finish within 64 points in order to to win this game and let's be honest. All the listeners know thus far about this game is that Connor Train has scored two tries. So yeah. if, on average, each Canadian player scored two tries, then I guess Canada win by more than 64 points, right? Right? <laughs> but the the interesting thing is, New Zealand needed to come within 64. They won by 64 points. Oh, w- wow, they did. Exactly. That's, that's the exact margin of the game. Proper oh. Super Mario, Zoolane scoreline yeah um okay so shall we now you know as the, the game introduced new zealand run away with it as i say, by a 64 point margin but there's a real bright spot for canada in young lad connor trainer as you say, called into the team late uh only second start for his country first out first of position his on position. the wing yeah yeah and he comes in and he scores two tries against the all blacks and as i mentioned to connor you know Both commentary in New Zealand and England referred to this as a day you won't forget. So we decided it was time we should take this chance to ask him to talk about that day and his career in general. And firstly, how he's doing at the minute. And it's a delight to be joined now by Canada International himself, Connor Trainer. How are you doing?
1: Good. Thanks a lot for having me on, guys.
2: No, no, thank you for doing it. No, I really appreciate it. How are things in, I presume you're back in Canada at the minute. You're,
1: you're I am, yeah, I'm in Victoria, yeah. BC, just the the west coast of Canada.
2: Mm. How are things there? How is sort of lockdown and so on? How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'd be similar to there. Uh, mm. we're, we luckily don't have as many people and I'm on an island. Uh, right. So we're doing pretty well, but like our, our government's taken it super seriously mm. as as they should and uh yeah it's been just small bubbles of people it's just my fiance and I living together to see a buddy we, we actually just started training uh two weeks ago after 10 months wow not seeing anyone so that's uh that's been pretty crazy everyone getting yeah. back into it but so, uh, it's been awesome to be back with the team
2: just to clarify who is it you're playing for now
1: so, uh, so I'm with the Canadian Sevens team now. Wow, brilliant. Uh, so so full-time Sevens, mm. yeah.
2: Yeah, how's everything shaping up with the Sevens team and everything? I presume you're training, hoping the Olympics will be in sight for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. So I was playing in France uh, a year ago, and then uh, just the draw of the Olympics was too much, so I, I came back to Canada to play Sevens, and then obviously uh, COVID happened, so kind of delayed Mm. things a year uh but yeah i'm super hopeful that the olympics are are still going to happen um it'd be tough if they didn't i'm sure for everyone but uh Mm. yeah that's i guess if that's the decision that's the decision
2: and you've had one of those interesting careers that's kind of bounced right between sevens and fifteens quite regularly how's that transition been kind of coming back and forth and now kind of you know being back to
1: sevens uh I, i think it's probably hurt both games but uh, looking back I I'm, I'm so happy I've I've done it and I I love 7s I love 15s I love being able to play play both I guess kind of that outside center winger position is mm. is able to kind of transfer back and forth pretty easily but uh, yeah they're they're so different just in in the whole experience like 7s two day tournament just so much fun, back to back games, such a mental battle, and then 15s. There's the whole week leading into it. You go to a ton of different countries, like Georgia is always a, a pretty hilarious one we go to, and there's there's always they're they're so passionate about rugby and try to make us feel so unwelcome. And, uh, <laughs> it's it's just cool to get those experiences.
2: Do you have any horror stories from visiting somewhere like Georgia and things they've done to you?
1: Um. Well, yeah, when when we were there, uh, I kept, I've, I've been there twice or three times, so I'll, I'll probably mix up the actual timings, but uh, for the two nights before the games, they were just shooting fireworks into our hotel windows. Wow. Uh, like the, the Georgian people, I, I assume the players, it probably wasn't them, but <laughs> who, who knows. And then uh, I'm sure you probably saw it back in 2013, but... Um, we had a, what some people would call a fight with the Georgian team. So in Canada, we're a very ice hockey mentality. So in a fight, you kind of go, you grab someone and you just, I don't know, you hold on to them, <laughs> move them around. Yeah. Georgia's not like that at all. In, in Georgia, they don't do this. They, they just start swinging. Um, so we came back in a circle, looking around my team. My eye was closed. Uh Everyone had so much blood on him. I don't think anyone punched any Canadian punched a Georgian. We just got, we just got beaten up. Um, and yeah, no, no cards or anything to them really. I think it was a, a red card, red card. And, and to be fair, like the referee was probably terrified as well being in Georgia. So I look, looking back, I, I, I don't blame him.
2: Do you think that was one it was a negotiation of the captain saying, Oh referee, you need to send him off and he goes, No, no, I do not want fireworks through my window tonight.
1: Exactly. well they had they had um their stadium's massive in, in Tbilisi and they had all they had kind of shoulder to shoulder guards facing out into the stands. And we were just like, Why why do they need this? Like, is it is it this crazy? But yeah, it's a it's a super passionate uh country and I, I love Love that kind of thing. I love having the passion that they they yeah. do that.
2: Yeah. That's that's incredible for partly all the wrong reasons. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. I suppose that's part of the beauty of playing international rugby—is not that I would know, but being able to experience all these different cultures and see what international rugby means to so many different nations and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, kind of how like Fiji is kind of the complete different. Mm. They're yeah. they're they're yelling yelling at you to come join them for kava. <laughs> They're they're your best friend till right when the whistle blows and then and then it switches and you're wondering where your buddy went. Um, <laughs> it was the carver. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, I guess I, I've been to Wales as well. Like I had my junior championship there, which was in Newport, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't the best place I've been. I to no, say sorry no.
2: for that. Sorry <laughs> but, you ended up stuck uh, in
1: Newport, like Swan Swansea. Uh, yeah is it Swansea the city? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. city. Yeah, Swansea and then uh like Cardiff is is amazing. Mm. Car- Cardiff I remember the 2015 World Cup we played Ireland. Yeah. And uh to walk to the stadium from our hotel it takes I don't know, 2 minutes. Yeah. And going in the going by bus, it took us a half hour just cuz there are so many supporters there. Uh, we were um, there, funnily enough. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We were at that we're, game. Were you were you cheering for Canada in that one? Oh, yeah! Against the Irish, yeah. That, that's kind of <laughs> it was awesome, it was awesome playing there because we we were like the home crowd. Yeah.
2: yeah, we were also at your game against Romania, which didn't quite go which, as planned in the end.
1: But that was we, that was wild. Yeah,
2: it's like we're following Team Canada around. So if you had any doubts so who we were supporting,
1: <laughs> perfect, perfect.
2: <laughs> but speaking of very passionate rugby countries and World Cups, twenty eleven. I think it was kind of the, the World Cup the moment you made your name. You obviously won your first cap a few months before that World Cup. So I think it's kind of fair to say you were on the, the fringe of the squad. And yet, sort of. so how did it feel to get, be named in that that, that actual World Cup squad? Were you expecting it? How were you feeling sort of leading into to breaking in to, to lead back to 2011?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd been invited to summer tests the summer <laughs> before, but my sevens coach actually told totally me like I wasn't ready at the time Oh wow. and then uh the November tour but I had school so I couldn't miss it so I, I remember emailing the coach who was Kieran Crowley at the time mm. and just being like look like I understand I've kind of blown it here and he's like no like you're you're still in the running just keep keep training in that and then yeah I was lucky enough to get selected to the Churchill Cup mm. DTH Vandermeer wasn't there so I, I managed to start at 13 played well and just managed to to get in the team which was awesome i was, I was so new to it I, I didn't really know how crazy it was how how cool of experience it was going to be i was just just along for the ride and yeah that, that summer turned out to be to be pretty amazing
2: yeah do you remember kind of the moment the squad was named the moment you found out you were going to new zealand or anything around that sort of period of actually flying out and the. i
1: i remember it all pretty vivid i can't remember when i was first like this is happening just because yeah. it's, it's such a shock like you you I didn't understand it really until we were maybe in New Zealand or we were on the plane. Like we got, you get, you you get first class for the tournament, which is an awesome perk, which I probably hadn't had before. And uh, yeah, it was, it was so cool. And just doing fundraising in Canada doing um, we had a team camp in uh, Whistler, which is where the 2010 uh, Olympics were. So we stayed in the athletes village there uh it's just such a such a wild experience that, that most people doing stuff that most people wouldn't get to do and you get to do it with 30 good buddies it's it's so cool
2: yeah absolutely that's, that's incredible sort of the jump from having not played international rugby then within six months you getting first class on everything living the high life so the, we've looked previously at the games where you beat Tonga and you'd drawn with Japan and uh, you'd lost to France as well. And you sort of come off the bench in all three of those games. And did you sort of view yourself as having a role in the team? Was one sort of assigned to you as a, like a finisher, as teams tend to say now?
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't really talked about, but um, yeah, I just, I guess coming from sevens, I just wanted to get out there and just get the ball in my hands and, yeah. and just run. And uh, I remember against Tonga, like my adrenaline was through the roof. Uh, Um, I couldn't, couldn't even focus on anything. And I, I got out there, I I guess we'll get into it more later, but this, this is actually my favorite moment of that world cup. Mm. I just got a pass. and I just tucked the ball and just ran straight at a couple of players on the Tongan team. And I remember my captain, Pat Riordan, just being like this, this kid is (laughs) going to die right here. And, uh, in my mind, I, I ran over two Tongans. In reality, they probably wrapped around each other and ended up hitting each other and bounced <laughs> off. So I survived that, went through, met, got pretty close to the line. And then, um, our, uh, Aaron, Aaron Carpenter, our eight nine picked it up and scored, which was, which was a huge yeah. moment in the game. And, um, yeah, we won that game. And, and yeah, it, it felt like I'd had. A part in that no matter how small I played I don't know 20-25 minutes but mm. uh, I just remember walking around we were in the north of the North Island about as far north as you can go and mm. still have a rugby stadium and <laughs> everyone around town is, is honking as we're walking wow. uh, saying congratulations and that so that, that's when it kind of hit me how, how big of a deal it was and mm. also I guess how passionate New Zealanders are about their yeah. rugby. Yeah,
2: that's incredible because I think that does still stand up as one of the great Canadian wins in the history of their national rugby team. And like we sort of look back at that in this because obviously we've catalogued every game in this World Cup, and that was one of the games that we still look at and we still regularly reference that that was one of the most enjoyable games. And it's it was, great you're a part of that.
0: No, it was yeah. such an
2: open game as well. It felt like a perfect yeah. game for the you know the type of player you you know you are. You were
1: yeah and there there are such good players on both sides of the of the of the ball it was uh yeah watching it was kind of like two different games like watching from the from the bench i was I was just kind of wondering to myself like why am I here like these are these are these are men out there these are professionals, and then you kind of you settle in once you get out there but yeah. uh it it was yeah fun game to watch
2: and how about the other two how about japan and france how where do they sit in your mind what stands out there?
1: uh japan i mainly remember that just for the end of the game uh Mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys remember at the 2007 world cup canada tied japan and i'm I'm not sure if this is an old stat or not now but there's only been three ties at the world cup and Mm -hmm. two of them are canada canada (laughs) japan and at that stage we were a much better team than japan Mm -hmm. and should have won that game not handily, but we, we should have taken care of business and and just seeing kind of the dejection on, um, my friend's faces who had been at the 2007, um, kind of couldn't get over that hump again. I remember seeing Adam Kleeberger who was just a warrior that whole tournament. Mm. Yeah. And he, yeah, I, I just, like, I, I had obviously just tied that game as well, but I was, I was feeling for these guys so much. And then, um, yeah, the France game, it's it's cliche, but it it just felt loose. It just felt uh, it was like let's let's do whatever. Um, there was one there was one stage where uh, James Pritchard got a penalty for he like ran out of bounds beside one of the French guys. And the French guy just mm. jumped over the boards. Yes, <laughs> and the ref the referee was like, oh, he obviously pushed him over and gave him a penalty. And Pritch just like, what is happening? And then when I towards the end of the game I think I played maybe a half or something our coach was just like all right like let's win let's go for it we were down by I don't know maybe 10 points so we just started shooting for interceptions trying to trying to win pretty much I I think they scored maybe two tries
2: yeah
1: um probably directly related to me missing things but uh yeah it was it was just fun We, we we played a pretty good game and, and we went for it we're, we're never content to just lose by a little so it was it was great going for the win.
2: I love that. Fair play. Fair the fair bit fun. that sticks with me from watching that game back was Andrew Monroe picking the ball up off his boot laces and just going for a drop goal about 40 meters out and he nailed oh, yeah. it. Yeah do you remember that and sort of how everyone's response was to that?
1: I remember I remember him it's I guess the standard What a 10 wants to do, or he just kicks it, just turns and starts running. You know, like he knows it's in. He's like, ah, World Cup, done it before, drop goals, (laughs) no big deal. You know, smoothest guy on the field.
2: (laughs) Amazing. And to then move on to the last game of the pool stage, obviously, Jim Fritsch, as you mentioned, picks up an injury, and you're then called into the starting team for your first start of the World Cup, only your second start for Canada against uh, a little team called the I think it's the All Blacks. Um, yeah, so how was that? How was finding out that you're starting against the All
1: Blacks? Uh, yeah, so cool. Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, yeah, I, I might, may not have been before the World Cup, as didn't realise kind of how big of a thing it was, but mm-hmm. then being in Wellington, playing at home, playing the All Blacks, playing uh, a pretty good team of a lot of their top all-time players in their prime. Super cool. And, uh, I'd only played center up till that stage. So the whole week I was just practicing high balls. I was, I was terrified of what was going to come. And funnily enough, they, they didn't kick a single high ball. They, (laughs) they're they're, they're New Zealand. They played some running rugby, Mm. but, uh, no, I was, I was so pumped. And, uh, Luckily, the game, I think it was earlier in the day, maybe at 2 o'clock or something. So all my buddies back at university and people back in Canada, it was like 11 p.m. or midnight back here, so mm. everyone could watch it and had had a couple drinks. So it was it was cool. Nice. Amazing.
2: Do you remember the messages you were getting? Do you remember the kind of response?
1: Uh, I, I probably would have separated myself from it mm. a bit uh, pre, pre-game, uh, but post-game for sure. Like mm. people... Because rugby is still pretty small in Canada and, yeah. and, and wasn't huge then, but just tons of people who um, I hadn't heard from, who I hadn't talked to in a while, just like hey, good luck, like <laughs> or great game, like um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was very cool. Hmm.
2: Robbie, do you want to let Connor know the incredible stat about okay. him? So his uh, two stats: you were firstly that there's two tri- only time a Canadian's ever scored two tries in the game against the All Blacks most points a Canadian's ever scored in one game against the All Blacks. And you were the top point scorer against the All Blacks when they went on to win that World Cup in 2011. So in the whole World Cup, you scored the most <laughs> points against them of any player. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, they went, win, went on to win the tournament. So basically, I don't want to put words in the All Blacks' mouths, but if you were from New Zealand, you would have been starting on the wing for them anyway. And, so. and <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it was just a team of you they kept facing... Yeah, I think then perhaps lost. would have been a different, yeah, yeah. Or even if if you'd start for France in the final, I think they might have won
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. But um, yeah. I, on, on that note, uh, yeah, yeah, I scored two tries. Mm. Um, my opposite number, who is who is Zach Guilford, who I ended up playing with later in my career, mm. uh, he he actually scored four. So uh, if if I'd been in that final, it wouldn't have been an eight-seven game. It would have been a <laughs> 30 to
2: 25 game. <laughs> How well do you remember your exact thought process as you're going in for the first try in particular? There was obviously you'd been camped in the All Blacks 22 for quite a while, and then Ryan Smith very unselfishly gives you the ball, and it's completely the right choice knowing that sort of you're the man to crash over the try line for him. How well do you remember sort of your thought process, your positioning, then as you're going over, thinking this is it, I'm scoring Canada's first try against the All Blacks in this match?
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty split second, but, uh, just with, I guess I had someone outside me. I can't remember who it was, but just, yeah, the way I play, I guess is more selfish than Ryan Smith. So there, there was never <laughs> any, any thought that I was passing or anything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in, in the game, you're you're not really thinking who you're playing against. It's mm, just, awesome. I'm, I'm here. The try lines right there. Let's just hop over. Uh, so it wasn't until I scored and then we went into halftime. So I actually got to, Think about it for a bit, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty <laughs> fancy wild. doing that so, again." Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Cool getting one. So yeah, I, I was I was pumped, but we still had a half to go. We were still playing New Zealand, uh, trying to to score again and stop them from scoring.
2: Mm. Yeah, and then you do manage to score again pretty soon after half time Again, how was that? Because it's a far longer range try that second one.
1: Yeah, I, I think it on the like on the game clock I think it was within a minute or something mm, that I yeah. that I scored the two tries yeah they they had a loose pass I guess a rare mistake and um Andrew Monroe popped up again him and I were, were beside each other mm. I was screaming at him to just kick it and luckily he did and then yeah I've, I've had a background playing uh playing soccer or mm. playing football whatever whatever the world calls it and uh Got lucky on some bounces that it went where I wanted to, and then um, yeah, the tough part of that one was kind of where the ball sat up. It was maybe five five meters out from the try line, mm. and as as you said, the one before we we camped out on the line for a long time, so I I, I knew I was going to try to score regardless of what happened. So I just tried to slide in. Ended up working. I remember talking to to Phil McKenzie, one of the wingers, after. Cause he thought he was getting easiest try of his career where I'd place it back. He'd pick it up and go score. Um, but yeah, got, uh, got the second one and uh, it's pretty, pretty unreal moment. Yeah, There's something that said in both, I was
2: sort of been looking back at it, both the, the UK and New Zealand commentary both say pretty much word for word. This is a day that Connor Trainer won't forget. Like, is, yeah. it, is it a day that's sort of stuck in your mind since that's, you know, whenever you look back on your rugby career that is, you know, obviously it's far from over yet, but that yeah. kind of stands out.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's it's definitely one of my favorite memories. It's also a pretty easy color commentary for people to use. So <laughs> yeah. uh whenever I'm playing a game that's that stat <sighs> is brought up, which which I love, obviously. Yeah. Mm. And uh yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very cool that happened to me. It's, it's funny because I was, I was still in university at the time. So mm. that game was on a Sunday. I was back, uh, in Canada by Wednesday. And then I, I played a university game that next Sunday. Uh, wow. I was so, I was so jet lagged. I remember we played Brock University mm. and I was just getting chirped relentlessly after the game because <laughs> I'd only scored one try against them. So they, <laughs> they, they thought they were the best team in the world then. And, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that, that, that kind of followed me around for a bit, that if I wasn't scoring scoring a hat-trick, then the, the, the team is better than the All Blacks.
2: Please forgive me, because there might be uh, a certain answer to this, but do you also often get asked about, there's a try you scored for the Canadian 70s, I think you're going to know the one I'm going to reference, where somebody does a kind of loose pass to you, and you kicked it up back into your hands and ran it in from halfway. Do you get asked about that one a lot?
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that one's pretty funny. The the guy who threw me the ball was Harry Jones, who, oh, who's yeah. now, who's now the co-captain of the team with, with Nate Hirayama. Yeah. Um, and, and the pass was, it was maybe a bit below my hip, like just above my, my knee. It was, it was the most unnecessary kick up to my hand. You, like you can throw the ball at me another hundred times. That's so never happening. i probably kicking into the stands every time yeah I don't don't know what happened there but uh pretty lucky it worked out and again playing the French I think they respected that I'd done something cool and allowed me to go score just walk in (laughs) and yeah that that was uh yeah a bit of a fluke but super cool to to have done on camera followed me around a a bit definitely not not fluke fluke. yeah (laughs) I'll try to do it again in the Olympics or something.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. In the gold medal match winning try right at the end.
1: That that'd be cool. I'd I'd allow it.
2: <laughs> um so to just I don't want to keep you too much longer. I you know appreciate your time. Just to to look back on, you know, 2011 you've now played in three world cups. Uh how do they each stack up next to each other and also, you know, you've got the the sevens alongside. How does sort of yeah, how do things sit next and now you're you I think a very different part of your career to back when you were starting out in 2011?
1: Yeah. Um, 2011, I, I was unsure how anything could top that. Mm-hmm. Playing in New Zealand, everyone loves rugby there. Playing some pretty big games. And then, yeah, England was, I, I, I guess, become more of a vet. Still such cool experience, like Cardiff. Also another huge rugby population and bigger stadiums just a lot more hype around it, just because I guess there's more money, more people. And and what surprised me the most was my, my favorite World Cup was the most recent one in Japan, uh, which I was worried for, because I, I had my second Junior World um, World Cup in Japan. And it was okay, but uh, I guess it's not as big of an experience. So in, in Japan, just the people really took us on. We, we stayed in a small city, before the tournament and they built a sport com- complex for us mm. um, they they brought us around everywhere they they were so pumped to have us so pumped for us to see their culture and then in, in the in that tournament I'd kind of slipped off a bit I, I tore my Achilles a couple years before and the other 13 was one of one of our our better players Ben Lesage who's who's still young have an unreal career ahead of them so I, I was kind of on the outside. And I just got to kind of enjoy everything else, just going to all the school visits, Mm. doing all the volunteer things I could do, just, just really enjoying the time. And that, and that was super cool. And then unfortunately, in our first game, we had two injuries to our, to our centers. So I was right into the starting lineup Mm. against, um, South Africa. So I ended up playing South Africa and New Zealand in my two games. So just made. 50 tackles a game or whatever it was <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah that was a cool one because different place I got to be kind of more less pressure more of a tourist
2: yeah. while still yeah. playing
1: rugby and then just right in playing the two top teams in the world mm. and uh, yeah that's, that's kind of what you want to do play and
2: in 2019 when you played against the All Blacks did they look scared of you when they were doing the hacker against you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I'm sure, I'm sure they were pretty worried about it um didn't come anywhere close to to getting a try but uh i i'm I'm sure that's because they uh they had a man, two men marking me yeah game. <laughs> you do
2: uh... you do still average a try every game you play against the all
1: blacks so exactly exactly yeah. so i can I can take that with me
2: Better than most <laughs> and I should quickly <laughs> ask as well about I haven't mentioned twenty nineteen obviously I think so sort of the story that ended up following Canada after that world cup was kind of actually after the game against Namibia was. I'm still gutted they got called off. You know, I was so yeah. looking forward to that. I yeah. can't imagine how it must have felt in the camp. Um, but yeah, the the sort of scenes of the the clear up and so on in the, the days following were such an amazing sort of inspirational thing that, you know, I was in Japan during it and it kept being played on the TV. The scenes of those on the news. And again, when I got back to the UK afterwards, it kept coming up as one of the kind of the moments that was talked about a lot. And just, yeah, about memories of sort of that, that those couple of
1: days um, and how they, they stood up. Yeah. Um, it it sucked that game not happening but yeah. we we knew it seven in the morning we we went through the typhoon the night before <laughs> um, so we we knew how how serious it was we we were in the the hotel we were in was the designated safety point for yeah. kind of the village so we we were 100 percent fine but yeah unfortunately a ton of people around us weren't uh so once it yeah. was cancelled I think a couple of groups kind of independently were all like oh let's let's go down there so we all just merged in the lobby and our, our manager had the same idea so a, a lot of us went to town uh not really expecting to be able to do too much but just where that city's located there's not many young people mm. so we were really able to help people we were moving fridges people had like a meter of water in their in their houses so they just needed everything out to be able to dry out and then bring it back and yeah, I guess, yeah, cameras came and, and that was, that was a pretty cool part. We didn't really know it had blown Mm -hmm. up till later and I had through a contact, one of my buddies I played with back here, uh, there are a couple members of the Canadian chamber of commerce down there as well. Uh, and they actually funded myself and three other guys to stay behind for, Mm -hmm. for another couple of days. And just did some like did a barbecue, oh wow, had like a a fire at another hotel that night, mm-hmm. just kind of like kids' camps oh, just just really awesome. really anything so it's uh and and the people uh same they they were they were so happy we we were there 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 wasn't a ton we could do, but it it was pretty uplifting to see these these people had been through uh the tsunami in twenty eleven this this specific town got hit so hard and then to have it happen again and and these people haven't just given up was was pretty cool to see and yeah i was grateful to be able to kind of be there with them
2: oh, that's amazing that's no, it, amazing yeah yeah no thank you yeah so i realized that was a bit of a sort of downer note to <laughs> bring us down on uh well so did you have another yeah you might obviously we don't want to keep you yeah. too much longer but a couple of questions. There's one of them, looking at 2011, because with each game we've done sort of a man of the match for the games we watch back and stuff. Uh, instead of that, I would like to ask if you've got sort of, from your memory, sort of a player of the tournament for Canada, somebody that you remember sort of looking up to who you just thought that guy had a good tournament.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a tough... Uh, yes, to a put tough you on the spot, sorry. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, well, it's more tough just not saying everyone. Yeah. Um, the... I guess the easy answer would be, uh, like Adam Kleberger. Yeah. Uh, who definitely, uh, he, he was, he was a beast. H- himself and Jamie Cudmore were just yeah. rock, rocking people. It was, uh, it was pre- pretty crazy to see. Might name a couple of people actually. Uh, go on. J- yeah, cool. go J- Jason Marshall, our prop.
2: Yeah.
1: He, uh, athletic freak, but I guess most props start young. He started, super old didn't have the technique and at times would would just get lifted as a prop stuck between cudmore and whoever the other prop was uh but he was just grinding that whole tournament and uh get really uh held on to that the scrum for us i think to answer your question though, I'll, I'll go with ryan smith um just kind of the the vet of the team he was uh he was the first guy roomed with. Apparently, a lot of the, wow. the rookies r- room with him first on purpose. Uh, just such a calming presence, hilarious guy, uh, and just same kind of thing. Does does the dirty work, plays plays inside center, makes his tackles, organizes the defense, keeps motivation high, and yeah, doesn't doesn't get many of the rewards. He he, he passes to to the rookie to, to score. <laughs> uh, so yeah, def- definitely go with him.
2: That's that's great to hear. Yeah. Final question from me. And again, I'm going to put you on the spot here on in a wider context. Could you tell us you mentioned that you played with Zach Guilford earlier, if you had to make up some of the best players you've ever played with. Cause obviously, you've played on the seventh circuit, world the world stage. You've played with some great players in 15s. Sorry to put you on the spot again, but anyone come to
1: mind? Uh, Nathan Hirayama. Yeah. Um, as a 15s player. Yeah. He's he's obviously a stud as a sevens player, one of the top in the world. But Nathan Harryam is a fifteens player. I remember playing Samoa in twenty fifteen pre World Cup, and yeah. he he just decided he could kick both feet to the corner. <laughs> so he was just left foot pinning him, right foot pinning him. Someone would run at him, he'd pick him up, put him down. He's he's the most calm, cool, and collected. I, I think you guys have made note of that before. He's he's like mm-hmm. he's just a calm operator and uh yeah if he, if he had wanted to he, he could have made a crazy career out of uh 15s another easy answer dth he he's, he's given all the credit for how good he is and he is he is that good it's uh it it's one thing having the athletic gifts being good at rugby all that but he he just he does it it's uh he he steps up and uh and gets it done And then, yeah, from my, from my French team played, played with a ton of good players. I'm going to go with two, uh, Zach Henry, who's playing for Leicester now. And then, uh, Frank Bradshaw Ryan, who is, he's a lock. He's, what is he? He's like 6'10". And, uh, if, if he doesn't steal the line out, he'll just, he'll just reach over (laughs) and just, I've, I've seen someone think, like the opposition think they were passing it to their hooker behind them. <laughs> he, he, he'd reach all the way over and just, and just grabbed it. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been lucky to play with so many good players, yeah. but uh, that's, that's just a couple.
2: Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's been an absolute delight. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Uh I hope you're keeping well. Huge good luck with the Olympics and everything. Yeah. Obviously fingers crossed it goes ahead, but all the best of luck. We've always enjoyed watching you play from twenty eleven all the way up through up to now. So yeah, all the best. Yeah. Yeah,
1: um, thanks, thank you. Thanks cheers. a lot for having me on. This has been it's been awesome. Yeah. No. Cheers. Thank you.
2: Thank you. All the best. Well, yeah, you're now caught up. You're now caught up with where we are. Uh, For us, it was mere moments. It's been about 40 seconds since the last one. For you, it's been almost 40 minutes as you've listened to the dulcet tones of Mr. Connor Trainer. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Mm. He was a really nice guy. And as you mentioned a minute ago, after we'd finished that interview, as it were, he sort of stayed on the phone and sort of chatted with us, asked how we were, what we do with our lives, said that he's a fan of the channel. Which was great to hear, mm. and yeah, he was just a really, really good bloke. I'm always surprised when there's professional rugby players who have know my stuff. You know, yeah. it's it's one of these things that I should be used to by now. But like Brian Habana knew who I was when I interviewed him, and yeah. you know, Connor Trainer here caught me out again. You know, like when we had blaine scully on this podcast he was the one that messaged me first rather than the other way around yeah yeah it's it's something that that i haven't got used to at all but yeah no it's a delight and he was he was lovely and so much fun so willing and down for doing this yeah and was just great company and great great people in good humor as well you know yeah talking about intimidating the all blacks during a hacker so uh (laughs) yeah no i very much enjoyed that and as i say i'm still a little bit giddy yeah. No, he was he was fantastic. He was great. And he was in this game as well. Yeah. There is, however, one question that I had written down in my notes that I just didn't ask him, and that is, mm. what's rugby? I honestly, I'm doing this podcast to try and find that out because okay. I made this mistake of starting a YouTube channel and uh, it building to the point in which professional rugby players know who I am and what it is, but I don't know what rugby is. Yeah. And I feel like I got those two the wrong way round. Like I should have found out before. But alas, no. Yeah. Never mind. So should we start talking about this match? Should Yes. Should we very briefly go over the teams. So I'm aware that obviously now this recording that we have here says we're five minutes in, but realistically we're about 40. So yeah. should shall we just dive straight into the team's? Less. So Canada late change. Connor kind of Trainers come in. Canada more important in terms of changes for the records than the All Blacks. <laughs> yes. Pat Reardon starts as captain, and the back row of Kleberger O'Toole, and Carpenter keeps its place for Canada's final game of the tournament. Yeah, um they go with the kind of I suppose it's a five-two split rather than a six-two split, trusting Sean White and Nate Armour to cover everywhere. Because as as Connor mentioned, you know. Nate Hariyama was an incredibly good, incredibly composed rugby player and could play basically every position. You know, I think he's capped at full back yeah. centre, fly half, and scrum half. Yeah. Where he ends up playing a bit here. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the the Canada team like and we've mentioned this before, really good Canada team, you know. Yeah. Had really put up a fight against France. And I love the thing that Connor said about them just going for broke with about 50 minutes to go when yeah. they're behind of actually we're going to try and win we're going to shoot up for intercepts we're going to really yeah. go all out we're going to if going we have to try make silly decisions 50s, that might yeah. backfire then that's fine if it might come off i love that as an approach and yeah. this game canada sort of start the better canada start a bit like that yeah they start incredibly well we haven't looked at the all blacks team but we might as well <laughs> you know roll as we are because i don't care about them and sure. there's there's a talking about what we need to get onto with the All Blacks team. Okay. not I think we'll, we'll come to you later. So the game begins, the All Blacks gather the kickoff, and they play some phases, blah, 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 blah. And then they slide back to uh, Colin Slade, who's the only All Blacks ten who I know, the only guy whose name yeah. I know, who goes to kick, and DTH random charges him down. Yeah. And from that moment on, about 40 seconds in, for the next seven minutes, Canada are completely turbocharged. It's great. Like they're, they're incredible. Yeah. You're just thinking like, oh, Slade's bottled it. Canada are going to win this now. And yeah, and Munro kicks a penalty to send them three nil up. They then make a couple of great carries. Yeah, then the equal yeah. penalty, the All Blacks, and kill then it. the bit that I love the most. Oh no, was... no, I want to mention with that penalty. That penalty is the only time in the whole World Cup that the All Blacks are behind. Of course, of course. The so only time ta- sport, Spo- Spo- yeah, the only time in the pool stage that the All Blacks are ever behind is to Canada in this game. And do you yeah. know what? On the balance of the first seven minutes, Canada deserve it the better team at the start of this game absolutely and i i wonder how they all felt sort of jogging back into their half after that penalty was kicked thinking like yeah this is casual we're winning <laughs> yeah but yeah what but... i loved is can get a line out straight after this and yes. instead of having pat reardon throw the ball in they give it to the tight head prop jason marshall who mm. uh, kind of just spoke about and instead of a conventional throw in he does an american football one-handed throw which goes halfway across the field not straight if I'm honest, uh, so I GCH. watched this back a couple of times, and I, it's it's still down the middle of the tunnel. It's not quite straight. But it's that enough down the middle of the tunnel. by the time it, it crosses the 15 line, yeah, that it's fine. Uh, but then it curves wildly. Uh, that- so yeah, Jason Marshall was a former Canadian football yes player. This move has since been popularized by the Barbarians. Of course, Stephen Lutua yes. did it a few years later, playing for the Barbarians. Big NFL fan, and I think it's just a thing touring teams do now. <laughs> Give it to yes. your biggest player and see how far we can throw it. <laughs> But yeah, no, that but was great, great fun. Yeah. But there's something in. I had this thought like seven minutes in, and I'd forgotten the exact scoreline when I was rewatching it. I remembered obviously the All Blacks didn't lose to Canada, and you know. Yeah. But I, I had this thought seven minutes in that Canada are playing exactly in the way tier two teams who cause an upset do. Yeah. Exactly as Japan did in those wins over Ireland and the Springboks, uh, in the way Tonga even. But in a that way, they. between them trying to put them in the corner and actually taking them on. Yeah, and they're doing bold things like that, right, in terms of their, they're doing original plays. And I think smaller teams need to do that a bit. You know, it's a bit I talked yeah. about in the Japan video I did. You know, that like kind of you need an underdog strategy. You look at that Malcolm Gladwell book where he kind of talks about that of like, mm. I think it's like 68% more likely in wars if the team take on a completely different sort of underdog strategy rather than just going head out right. of the smaller team sort of nation will win and you kind of need that you kind of need to approach it differently you kind of need different ideas and kind of have a few of those in opening stages but then they also there's a moment where now i want to say it's matt evans but i'm not 100 sure right Uh, it might have been monroe or someone uh slots in and slides a perfect sort of low kick down the corner matt evans yeah who's you know coming for james pritchard and yeah he slides in this perfect kick through the corner. And they manage to combine a game management where they're putting pressure on the All Blacks and the yeah. All Blacks are kinda don't exit well, you know, with some original ideas. And yeah. they look composed, they look calm, they've got some points on the board. And for seven minutes you're thinking, Khandra are gonna give them a proper game here. Yeah. Like you don't know they're gonna win, but they're gonna keep it going. Yeah. And then they miss one tackle and it all falls apart. Yeah. Should we talk about the All Blacks team to put this into completely just? order so zach gilford who you'd heard the name mentioned earlier he comes <clears> in on the wing for it. his first and only game in the world cup yeah back from injury. Mills mulierina comes in at fullback again his first game back from injury on his 99th cap as the commentators kept mentioning uh, which slid israel dagg onto the wing which is his lesser preferred position and there's one more talking point which is the fly half so dan carter was named as captain for this game Yes. Oh no, you mentioned Kieran Reed came back. Oh, Kieran again. Reed came back in yeah. from injuries on. And so, it was so nice to see Pete Kieran Reed. Like he wasn't the best game of the in play. No. But it's easy to forget the play he became where he became a very safe number yeah. 8. How good and how bold and how interesting to watch he was yeah. back in, you know, sort of 2010 through 15. Yeah. So There's, yeah, one key change, which is Mm. Dan Carter was named as captain for this game because Richard McCall was rested. Victor Vito started at seven in his place. Uh, So they gave the usual vice captain, Dan Carter, a run out to start the game. However, kicking a goal prior to the match starting, it was sort of a couple of days before, was it not? Mm. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, two days earlier. Two days beforehand or something. He had gone down practicing goal-kicking with a groin injury, which ruled him out of the whole World Cup. This was, of course, huge news at the time. All of the tabloids saying, you know, Carter, you know, as the poster boy of the World Cup, as it were, is out for the whole tournament. And that You saying only... this is huge news at the time undersells it. Yeah. Like, this was the talking point in the World Cup even before it happened. Absolutely. Right? I remember a year out, Jonathan Davis, Jiffy, saying on Scrum 5 if Carter stays fit, the all Blacks win the World Cup, you know? Yeah. And because it happened in 2007 that he'd got injured at a key moment, they had to play McAllister at 10, and then they bottled it. Yeah. It became, the talking point is, Dan Carter is the best player in the world, yeah. and if he remains fit, I don't remember who Dan Carter is, but he apparently no. he's the best player in the world. But his, but his if form for Cup was phenomenal as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously, against France, he'd set up hat full of tries he was on unreal form and this is when the jokes continued of the All Blacks are going to somehow bottle this the All Blacks are going to find a way to lose this World Cup I can remember there was um, a thing where there was a comedian who said uh, what do you call an All Black with a World Cup winner's medal grandad yeah yeah I remember them having him on the ITV coverage in the morning yeah Yeah. and yeah as you say like it was such a massive deal that Dan Carter that the the best player in the world let's Mm. not beat around the bush was out for the whole tournament yeah. Obviously, gutting for the All Blacks, they'll have to get by with Colin Slade instead. But yeah, a lot of pressure on the young man. It no, because it was this dominant story, and it was you watched the lead into the the match coverage. And they begin by saying, Argentina won, so we're playing them if we win today. But the main story is yeah. Carter is out. Carter is out. And that was all the way through the game. Yeah. They kept throwing to it. Like Grant Nisbetter once said, for anyone tuning in from other countries, you may not have heard Dan Carter. I said, no, we have heard. Like, yeah. it's anyone who followed... It was pumped into brains. It was, you know... I don't remember where I was when I heard that news, but I remember it just dominating the news cycle constantly afterwards. It yeah. was the only story you you you, you talk about. No. So... Colin Slade is the man who came in for Carter. Mm. Um and as much as, you know, he bottled it at the start, getting charged down by DTH Van der Merve, um, he then very quickly makes amends to send the All Blacks up. He makes this really nice break, where he does a bit of a step and a fend, and does this really lovely floated pass over the top for Zach Guildford, who scores in the corner for the All Blacks first try. Yeah, and at that moment things turn. I think if they hadn't missed that one tackle on Colin Slade, things would have continued for a bit long, you know, probably yeah. until the dam burst. But if Canada held them out for 20 minutes, I think that's a different game. Agreed. Agreed. And partly because, you know, <laughs> they score so many tries in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. But the moment Canada concede one, they go, oh, no, this is the best team in the world we're playing here. Yeah. And as you know, as Connor said, they had many of their kind of all-time greats out against them. Yeah, they had absolutely. the likes of Mills Morley, and they had the likes of Kieran Reid, they had the likes of Jerome Kano, you know, Sam White, and an Williams, Tony Woodcock, and then Sonny Bill and Conrad Smith in the centre together. Yeah, in uh, a kind of new combination, but boy, was it effective! That's the thing because there's a lot of games where the All Blacks just kind of like are themselves and just kind of squeak yeah. past and batter somebody without really looking like they're trying. Whereas they were absolutely shit hot in this game. Yeah, the second try they score was quite boring, where they drive can well, off the ball, but it was it was kind of the statement moment. I think it was yeah. we've got an all round game. Yeah. yeah, we're dominant so, up front, and we're flashing Put to the scrum and just the moment it hits like the number eight's feet the New Zealand just drive them straight off the ball and almost drive the scrum into touch yeah like they're completely overwhelmed and, them and fun- the ball spills out yeah Kieran Reid does this really nice flick pass mm. in a split second to put Victor Vito in for the score yeah it's really well taken Vito good finish and one of those tries you've sort of got nothing you can do because as yeah. a back you're having to take backward steps constantly to yeah. on size, you know, got around remain five metres behind the scrum. Yeah. And you've then got Victor Vito and Kieran Reid charging at you. Yeah. From a scrum that's so dominant. The yeah. entire Canadian pack is taken out and you're on your own, your own. Yeah. It was a nightmare scenario if you're yeah. um I think it's Monroe defending there. Canada still try and do the same thing of pinning them in the corner, this kind of thing. But it's slightly less convincing, isn't it? Because I think the All Blacks yeah. get their tails up a little bit. There's this really nice moment where Ander Monroe gets this intercept because he stood 10 metres offside. And he's like yeah, so far but... offside that he's already stood in the 10 channel and he gets the intercept but... and runs half the distance. And okay, The All Blacks don't hear the whistle, nobody hears the whistle. And it's this really entertaining piece of rugby that's happening whilst everybody else is stood in the other half. You say he's 10 metres offside. Yeah. I say he's read Colin Slade better than himself. That's true. I think he knows exactly where Slade's... Because he reads it really well and times yeah. it really well. But he Just, doesn't time he, it well. He, no, 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 no. He times coming in to take the pass really well. Okay, yeah. He does not time leaving the defensive line No, well. yeah, he gets a bit carried away. <laughs> yeah. He wants to make a statement. So, no, it's uh, I really enjoyed that. And he then steps someone. I think it might be Sonny Billy steps. yeah. Darts round him, you know, throws the one handed a slingshot <laughs> it's really offload I to love it. I think it's uh it's Chauncey O'Toole, isn't it? But Chauncey O'Toole has a great game. Yeah. Chauncey O'Toole has a really good game here. He works, doesn't he? But um Yeah. You know, he make, wins a couple of turnovers, he's makes so many tackles, just yeah. constantly making over and over again endless tackles. He's very good. Yeah, no, he has a good game. I mean, as I say, the whole Canadian back row has a very good tournament. Yeah. Aaron Carpenter obviously worked his socks off in this game. Uh, he was sort of one of the standouts for me for Canada. Yes, no, agreed. Yeah. Speaking of standouts, there is the next All Blacks try, is quite special. So they've had some really nice phase play, sort of hitting up the middle quite a lot. Uh, mm. Both wingers getting very involved. Guilford's carried the ball at first receiver a few times. And there's this one in particular where Israel Dagg pops up at first receiver, hits Guilford on a short ball, and then loops round, and catches it again on the other side in a sort of impromptu way. It's not like it's yeah. a planned move to loop round him. It's just instinctive. He knows that's where the space is. And he takes the ball again, steps one of the Canadian backs and finishes the try off. It's a really, really impressive score. It's... The sort of thing that it sounds stupid to say, but it makes you aware of how good rugby players the All Blacks are. Yeah, yeah. Because this is their two wingers combining in a way that they just read the game so much quicker than everyone else Within on the field. Within split seconds. It's yeah, like so they're, they're identifying where the space is and where the space will be and yeah. how people are going to defend. And it's one of those things that's... In... You've got to be as good as them in all... You've got to be as good at attack as them. You've got to be able to read what they're doing. It sounds mental. It comes from being in high performance environments from the time you're like eight. Yeah, it does. These players have probably been playing since they were five and they've been playing to a high level for their age group since they were about it, eight or nine. It sounds mental, but to say this is two players passing to each other within yeah. 22 metres of the try line, it is one of the best tries of the tournament with just how crisp yeah. those movements are and like the skills that the two of them show. It's yeah. really like remarkable. As you say, like you have to be that good to score that try. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's very, very good. And they just keep on scoring good tries, don't yeah. they? Yeah. There's one which we I mean, chose not to mention when Connor was on, <laughs> where Jimmy Carroll well, boots it downfield and yeah so Canada—it's a turnover and yes. all the canadians are up flat and andy ellis thumps it no sorry jimmy, jimmy Callen, Callen, yeah. yeah when he's 50th cap kicks it through and connor trainer from out of nowhere completely outpaces both of them yeah gets back first and there's a moment on the commentary where they start saying oh connor trainer had a head start he doesn't if you watch no. it back like he starts about the same place if not further away than Guilford, and beats him to the ball just, it kind of ricochets off his knee, I think, because he's trying to ground yeah. it. Um, so he doesn't get a hand to it. And then, you know, so he was trying to ground it for a out, and said, Zach Guildford's able to dive on it for the try. Yeah. The ball really, like, unfortunately bounces away from Connor just as he's diving on the yeah. ball, doesn't it? And then Zach Guilford drops on it. The other thing is, you could, you will look at that as a mistake because there's an obvious mistake there. Sure. But most wingers just would have been done for pace by Guilford. Yeah. You know, for sure, or they wouldn't have got in that position. They wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it's hard. hard work. They for would have Gilford. been caught out in just watching Cowan and not noticing Guildford. I yeah. think Train, and I, there's a level of bias because I watched this game knowing we were going to talk to him. Sure, sure, whatever. But I, I do think he was like. I don't think that try should go down as his fault. You of know? course not. Of you know, course think, not. The way commentators were saying, like, "Oh, what?" and you can see him sort of put his hands to his head, and you know, yeah, he's really frustrated. But there was also yeah. with Guilford's first try, the one where Slade made the break, where mm. Connor Trainer makes like really puts in a great tackle on him, and it's an yes. exceptional finish by Guilford, like two-handed, yeah, yeah. and just somehow manages to keep his feet in play, even though Connor has put a really dominant tackle on him, and somehow yeah. Guilford's finished it. So yeah, he's unfortunately. Scored those two tries, but harder than they had any right to be, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah. So Guildford then... Oh, no, this is then the try in between. Yes. In between the second of and course. third. Which is the try I'd forgotten about completely. Most of yeah. these when I saw them, they kind of came back to me. Sure. That one I'd just... I'd forgotten, you know. Louis yeah. Mulyaina's last try for the All Blacks. Of course, yeah. So they did this really nice switch play and Guildford feeds it back inside. And again, it's one of those where... It's a team with a really good attack coach. <laughs> yes. Because of their lines it of running. was on attack at the time, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Their lines of running as they get them towards the wing and yeah. just that awareness of support players. It looks so simple and crisp and it's one of those things that the game will always value. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other thing I should mention as well, sorry, just on... Sure. Uh, we missed it on one of the earlier try. I think it is the first... Yeah, it's the first try. It's yeah. the... the colon- Slade tr- uh, break uh, before that Sonny Bill Williams makes a bit of a bust yeah and the pass is very forward the pass to him is very clearly forward yeah. to the extent that even Grant Nisbet says the pass is forward yeah and if that pass is given Canada will win this game I reckon I agree I agree yeah but just just to just to throw that out because I don't yeah. think any of these, I think it's a sliding doors moment that because right I don't know if you noticed this who was on the touch uh, Steve Walsh point was refereeing Steve Walsh who is of course from New Zealand New Zealand. He'd obviously, by this point, because he was such a naughty boy and he kept going out and getting drunk after matches and bringing the game into ret- disrepute, disrepute, he was banned by the NZRU but came back and refereed for Australia. And they still let him be an official, still let him officiate on New Zealand games. Yeah. Which feels wrong. Yeah. In a way, I know like, again, I mentioned this before, but like I met Luke Pearce's family at the World Cup. Of course. And they're so Welsh, I don't think... He should be able to call yeah. referee Wales, you know. JP Doyle refereed Ireland before, of course. Exactly, who is Irish and yeah. has an Irish accent? And I don't think any of these referees are biased. They're the professionals, whatever. But it just it raises a question, doesn't it? Sure. Basically, and Canada, were are wrong. Look, if <laughs> if Steve Walsh is the person responsible for letting that forward pass go, it's because they're playing Steve rules, and it was a nice yeah, pass, yeah, yeah. rather because than because he's, he's a Kiwi. Yeah, but. Still, <laughs> um, was there liked. was an element of Steve rules in yeah. in effect and there's a couple of times when Roman Pot gives like lesser of the law penalties and I just start thinking I just let them go you know yeah. they're, they're 70 points behind and they're really trying Canada they're really going yeah, for it all out yeah there's another point that I'm slightly confused by in the first half is mm. so DCH goes off injured because he's yes. he's rocked back a bit by Victor Vito in a tackle and then Sean White the scrum off comes on mm. for him and just seemed to play in the centre, which... Yeah, he could play in the wing as well, couldn't he? Me. Could he? Okay. Yeah. Because there's a part of me wondering whether Connor Trainer would move into the centre, maybe, or even Phil McKenzie, because obviously both... He just seemed to play 13. But Sean White just seemed to play there. And obviously, yeah. in the second half, he moved to scrum half with Nate Nehriama coming on at fullback. Yeah. Which then became a whole thing. And we'll talk about the reshuffles of position, because it's it's great value. Yeah, Should we just polish off the tries in the first half? Um, Sure. So we just got the other... Oh no! Yeah, so the other Guildford one. Yeah, his third, his hat trick, which is sort of a very, again, very, very All Blacks try. Yeah, Sonny Bill Williams scythes through again, and he just had this incredible gliding ability in this yeah. game. You know, it was, it was one of the real like if you're if you're Andrew Ford making compilations, <laughs> players best bits, you look at this game heavily for Sonny Bill Williams. Sure. Yeah, no, he was really good value in this game. Then so he, this really he nice, slides right through, yeah. and then he, as he's being tackled, as two men pincer in on him because he is the key danger man. and I think they know, you know, he's going to try and get an arm free and offload. He drops in a little grubber, yeah, which Guilford collects as he kind of barrels into, I think it's Evans, who was the last man for Canada, yeah. bounces off them, goes over to score. Yeah, I can um, remember Andy right. Gomisol in the commentary just being yes. like, "Oh yeah, that, that kick from Sonny Bill," and then wants to do some analysis. It just works. Which is true. It's true. It does work. It did work. It does work. Did he have all the money in the world? Um, I reckon okay. he probably did on it On it working. Yeah. yeah. Well, it all belongs to... to, to, to uh, Karis Williams. I Karis Williams. Yeah. So she's got it at the minute. We haven't got any update on it, have we? For... No, I don't think she's spent any of no. it. Not that I can see anyway. I can do some research on that if you want. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. But you'd spend some of it, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Like, if you had all the money in the world, you'd Although, at least buy, like... she probably... Like a Cornetto or something. Or, you know, you maybe bought quid on something? Sure. To try and get some money on from some betting companies which come to think of it, don't have any money because you've bet all the money on the world. I yeah, because you can't you can't win anything back. You've already got all the money in the world. Yeah. Basically Sonny Bill did good. Yeah, he's really good, isn't he? Yeah. He he had a good game. But then, of course, the most important try is the yes. one that is scored by Connor Trainer. So they captain camped in June 22, as I said earlier, and Ryan Smith gives that nice pass, and Trainer just barrels over like it's no one's business. And the most important thing about this try is that in the stadium at that point, they start playing the Bare Naked Ladies. Do they? Yes. Huh. What song do they play? Uh, it's been one week since you looked at me. Mm-hmm. That's you. The... Yeah. yeah. God bless Canada. Do you think that's it? Do you think they had that queued up? yeah yeah and yeah. also there's something because when we were super rugby out of Roma, right like music in new zealand is perpetually i thought it was perpetually 10 years behind but i think actually they caught up in about 2010 and they were so proud of that they stopped well it's been a thing at world cups hasn't it always that it's just oh yeah who's from this country we'll play their their music yeah and you know they picked out the bare naked ladies drake was robbed <laughs> Was, was Drake a thing by this point? Uh, he was sort of a thing by this point, but not like huge. Drake like you... blew up around twenty thirteen, like I massively. Think, yeah, blew it up. seemed a bit early. Yeah, Neil Young, young up and comer. I was about to say like, but I can't imagine them playing Neil Young in the stadium yeah. or Arcade Fire. <laughs> oh, if only, if only they played some some super synchronous stuff. I can't talk. Yeah, but it's good. I'm the most cohesive I have been for a while. Avril Levine. Oh yeah, they should have played Skater Boy.
1: Oh, the oh, wait, they did
2: they did. Um, uh, for Phil McKenzie's winning try in uh, the Tonga game, they played Skater Boy. Right. So <laughs> that's what you want to hear when you score the winning try. Yeah, this is them getting to the bottom of the pile. The Bear-Nated she was ladies. a girl. He was a winger. Can you make he it a wasn't... little bit more obvious, please? Sure. Um. So he was he he played on the wing. For right. a rugby team, uh, she was a girl. Okay. A female person. Okay. What more can you say? So he did ballet. Um, she did not do ballet. I think he. I think she might have been a punk. I can't really remember. Something like that. He wanted he, like he wanted some. Oh, what did he want? Um, Her? Carly, can you help me? Sorry, Carly. You're oh yeah, yeah. Um. Oh shit! Yeah. Forgot about that. Connection. <laughs> No, she she can't help us. What a what a bit that was. What a what a what a what a great bit that was. Um see so the Ben naked ladies joined the Canadian team at halftime and they had the team talk which as was confirmed to us earlier was just yeah, let's let's score some more tries. And do you know what Canada then went and did? Um Did she did they say see you later, boy? No, they scored another try. Oh, they scored another try. Yeah. Where Conor Trainer did a nice kick. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Cowan did a bad pass. As Conor Trainer said earlier, he pounced on it with a kick. Or well, Adam Monroe did first, and then he managed to get it set up for him. And to be fair, he probably didn't give himself enough credit for his finish of that try. Great finish. Where he Both really did. We didn't. We didn't really talk about his first try. Yeah, which was a fantastic finish. Both really good finishes. He, really he properly hits it like a bullet. Yeah. That pass from Ryan Smith, you know, because yeah. most players would take it, they kind of float a bit, they think about it, maybe they then dive. He just goes, no, I'm, bam, yeah, you nothing's know, kind of him dive yeah. He's basically diving as he's coming onto it. He accelerates yeah. onto the ball and he's diving the moment he catches it. Yeah, really, really good sort of technical winners wingers finish. Yeah, to say he wasn't a winger, you know. Yeah. What is that he takes the pass like a bullet and just heads onto it. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the way he played uh, and still yeah. plays. Yeah, it's yeah. more the way he plays in 15s rather than how he plays in 7s. Yeah, well, you, you kind of can't play like that in 7s. No, to a certainly point. not as a back. But yeah, again, that was a great finish, that second one. sort of dives on the ball, then he needs to use his upper body strength to sort of out-wrestle Dag to the try line. Yeah. And he manages to do so and becomes the top try sc- point scorer against the All Blacks in this World Cup. Yes. So yeah, uh, that's good. Then I guess the All Blacks are back on it. Basically straight afterwards, Sony Bill does this nice offload and Conrad Smith just decides, you know what, lads, I'm going to run around all of you. That is a combination together. It's Because you, know, you think insane. of Nonu and Smith is possibly the best centre partnership of all time. Agreed. Right. The way Conrad Smith was then able to instantly build a partnership almost as good with Sonny Bill Williams that's the thing where the two of them are picking lines off each other and complimenting each other so well it's it It, it makes sense as a thing that Sonny Bill is the best offloader in the world and Carl mm. Smith is the best at running an out to in line and breaking through then doing a nice pass for the wing to finish yes. off in the world and yet you should, in theory that should be the best centre partnership in the world but no Cora hogging it with uh, Marnonu who is just in my opinion the greatest number 12 but, of all time yeah yeah, I, I stand by that the best centre of all time. Yeah. Take that, O'Driscoll. Who? So yeah, the All Blacks start to sort of pull ahead. Well, they, they'd already pulled ahead, but they start to yeah. get to a comfortable position. At which point they make a change. So somewhere around here, they go, you know that France? Who and they'll him? go, oh, yeah, I remember France. They went, they did this really interesting thing. Where? Why are they all from Yorkshire, by the way? They are the Oblix from York. Oh, are they? Sorry. Yeah. Did you not know that? No, I didn't. That's why they call them I'm the actually um, really stupid. Oh, are you? Yeah. I wish I'd realised that before now. I must be stupid as well. Yeah, you must will. run in the family. So, the bloody obliques are like... <laughs> this have got a Kiwi accent when they say <laughs> the word black. The obliques, They're like, Hey, up hey, lads. You know them bloody French, eh? Hey? Right. Well, I was sat there and I was... I was thinking. You know how they put a scrum off at 10 and it was a bloody disaster? Well, we're missing the 10. Why don't we do that? And guess what? It was a bloody disaster. Well, we've got a guy who is a scrum off that doesn't look like a scrum off, but not <laughs> in the way that they tried it. So Piruweepu is the man that they think, yeah, we can use him as our reserve nine, our reserve 10 for this game. And I get it because mm. they want to maybe wrap up Pedro Dag who comes off So at this point, Colin Slade moves the wing with Piriwipo playing 10. And I I get it, you know, that they want to give some game time for whatever reason. But the commentators are talking about it like, oh, this is an option they might want to consider going to the quarterfinals. No, it isn't. No, no, because it does not go well. No, this is a bad. This is a bad idea that goes badly. There's one really good point that he does where he does this really nice kick over the top for Zach Guildford yes. and he plays yeah. it perfectly and Guildford goes the whole way and scores the try. Uh, yeah. that was very good. That otherwise, was otherwise it was pretty shapeless. And do you remember a couple of years after this when Piri Wipu played for London Welsh yeah. and they stopped what? playing with ten. And yeah. he was getting fatter at that point as well. And yeah. he was already pretty podgy by this point. But Because at the time Periwipu was brilliant all black scrum half, you know. Yeah. And he then went on to become <laughs> the fat Scramath who toured around and, you know, whoever would pay his Pizza Hut bills and, you know, sure. whatever else. And he kind of almost soiled his own reputation, I think. Yeah. To the point at which signing Perry Ruppu was a waste of money or is seen as on social media rather than being, wow, how do they get him as it was when London Welsh got him, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the last moment because, as you say, he was off form, wasn't playing well and had tripled in size since the World Cup, where he was already quite a chunky scrum off. Yeah. And looking at this game, it was like the origins of that. Because this World Cup, he's remembered as being the pinnacle of his career. You know, being sure. the highlight, the best form. But he did have a 20-minute horror show against Canada. It was just confusing to watch, because there was a few passes thrown all over the place. I mean... There was a few passes where you didn't know where he was aiming no it was it was really strange to look at that and think that's normally a scrum off again mm. I remember saying similar thing when Tanya Alamoa played 10 but no I think it does make sense to normally scrum off because he's not it's keeping a different, different pass skill lifted. it's a different skill yeah because yeah. normally he's passing straight off the base and he's having to lift the pass as he goes yeah. and every pass dropped off too early so yeah. most of them worked just sort of bounce passes accidentally yeah but he was passing near someone but it wasn't going to them because he's not used to that being the way he passes yeah so after Weepu comes on, the first try of the All Blacks score is via Jerem Kano, who picks mm. up from a scrum and just completely bounces it's somebody. really easy. And really it's really easy. easy. And he to doesn't be honest, have to bounce anyone. He just runs yeah. straight between. To uh, be honest, Because the, he... the All Blacks scrum is so dominant that the flankers yeah. stay down. They turn the scrum ever so slightly so Kleeberger can't get across in time. Kano's playing number eight. Dart straight through between 10 and yeah. know, 12 or whoever. But that's the one try where you look at it and think that's quite poor defence. Because yeah. otherwise, Canada did such a good job. Because the All Blacks, as I say, they played such a terrific brand of rugby. And they yeah. always made them work around them. And they always had to work for their tries. And I really like that in the way The Canadians All Blacks played. were 79 points good, rather yeah. than Canada being 79 points bad. Absolutely. Because they weren't. They absolutely deserved all the tries they scored the All Blacks. Yeah. Because they worked for them. Um, but Weeper comes on at 48 minutes. And the next try that comes as a result of that comes from beyond the 8 channel is Mm -hmm. on 59 minutes so he goes 11 minutes at the start just trying to figure out how to (laughs) get a back line going but -hmm. that was a really nice score where um, I mean Canada have a bit of a run from their try line Ryan Smith makes a nice little break from a dummy but when the All Blacks get a turnover they just spread it all the way wide and Sonny does this really nice little hitch kick and scores in the corner yeah that's the this is the one moment where I do think Connor Turner should have made that tackle Mm. he could have made that tackle he doesn't quite get there in time and Sonny Bill beats him and you can't blame him because of, not. of how the form Sonny Bill was on absolutely know. yeah but it was I mean that try looked quite e- that was the other one I thought looked quite easy you yeah. know and they both come in the same sort of yeah it was nice to finish by Sonny Bill it was uh-huh. no it was um, and yeah. he was very very good you know and yeah. he was on that kind of form where probably no one could touch him if they tried sure. he just kind of ghosted through him and ended up on the other side of the touchline now, here comes the bit that I was referencing earlier with the changes. So, at this point, the All Blacks have obviously brought up his role, road and he could hmm. be crucial for them later in the tournament. And I think, right, we also need to bring off Mills Morena, This is his first game back. Let's wrap him up in cotton wool a bit. So they move Colin Slade to fullback and they move Victor Vito onto the wing from the back row and they move Ali Williams into the back row. So Ali Williams plays seven in the end. Yes. Uh, no, not Ali Williams. Sam Whitelock plays seven in the end. And Anthony Boric ends up playing in the back row at six as well. So they're playing lots of second rows in the back row. And as I say, Victor Vito is playing on the wing, which is fun. You know, the commentators Wait. point out he's played, played sevens previously. He's very quick and strong. I miss uh, that. I missed that Victor Vito ended up playing on the wing. Yeah, he was playing on the I wing. I remember for the last, it now you say it, but I missed that when I was The last 15 the game. minutes okay. he was playing on the wing. And Fair play. Better yet, on ESPN Scrum, Brad Thorne is down as coming on at fly half because he replaced Yes, boys. And also, at the exact same passage of play, and this is a baller move by Kieran Crowley, so he notices that Victor Vito's gone onto the wing, and he goes who can play at this game and he brings on nanyak Dala, who yeah. is not only a quick sevens player but also a fucking unit and they just bring <laughs> him on on the same wing that victor Vito's on and just go yeah if you're gonna have a big lad on there we're gonna batter you and it's not an enforced replacement you know it's not like mm. somebody's gone off injured they just decide yeah, we're gonna bring on a flanker on the wing as well just for the sake of formations the thing- i love about kieran crowley as a coach is that he is unafraid to be bold yeah you know and it's why his career is as mixed as it is that everything he's either done he's massively overachieved or he's kind of shat the bed a bit yeah right and because he's unafraid to just go no we're going to roll the dice you know yeah so you look at there's that season where benetton were incredible and finished fourth and you know we're brilliant and we're beating leinster in the rds you know only team to do it that season and whatever and then you also have you know like the canada 2015 when they couldn't beat romania and yeah of course and I'm all for that kind of thing. I'm all yeah. for him putting him on. And again, Naniadala's down with having come on at fullback because uh, yeah. they bring off Max Matt Evans. They also bring, Max Evans also isn't on the pitch, which is weird. No, um, Bing Bong. He was yeah. He was he was off to get his little chisel out. And yeah, so <laughs> Dalal also tries to take a quick tap twice. I thought you said the Dalai Lama tries to take a quick the, tap. The Dalai Lama tries to take a quick tap twice. He isn't anywhere near, but he remains calm and doesn't do it. <laughs> What I like is when Brad Thorne takes a quick tap. Not like I to come around the field. It's like, right, I'm on it fly half, technically. So this is my job now. <laughs> so Did yeah, you that's notice the other fact. thing that happened there and then? Was that Sam Whitelock losing his gum shield? Yeah. I mean, yes. this is my dick of the day. So sure, I might, might just cover this now. Yeah. But yeah, the All Blacks have some quick ball and they throw it to Sam Whitelock as the closest forward he's going to carry in. And as he takes contact, as the tackle is made, his gum shield just falls out of his mouth and lands in front of him. At the most peculiar angle as well. Yeah, and you can see it really clearly. Yeah. Like Grant Isbell said Sam Whitelock loses his gum shield, loses his mouth guard. And he didn't pick it up within five seconds, which is why... Yes. That's so, stick of the day worthy. He then lies on the floor, the ruck clears out, and then as they cut to the wide shot when Brad Thorn's taking that quick tap... <laughs> Brad Thorn's taking that quick tap, which is say casually. Sam Whitelock is sat cross-legged on the floor, picking up his mouth guard... And then putting it back in his mouth right away. And we cut back in wide. And they come back for not 10 metres in the penalty again or whatever. And Lock then takes his mouth guard out and kind of looks at it for a <laughs> moment. Then puts it back in. Oh, that's funny. The thing is, I think I've probably been there. So I get it. Yeah. But it's funny when you see it happen on television with this cameras and everything. But yeah, as an immediate sort of consequence of that. Where mm. Not some thinking In the age thinking but... in the age of hygiene, you know, in the age of COVID sure not to yeah. be recommended yeah sticking things in your mouth that have just been lying on the floor yeah so that wasn't was you why a mask yeah that's how Sam like invented coronavirus <laughs> um, so he also invented Curtis Rona yes yes the two of them got together as a collab yeah so Jerome Canaan then scores another try from the back of a scrum it's just a pushover mm. again it's a rarity in this Classic, point but it? let's Classic. be honest at least there wasn't a penalty try I'm just glad that they let it play out and it was just like sure it's shit but at least it's a try you know well, it's a cl- you don't see them anymore you know You exactly he tries, or maybe exactly. Did the polar one in the European final a couple of years ago yeah where he picks and has to actually carry three men over the line with him yeah. I like proper old-fashioned pickup tries yeah dot down drive over tries yeah no I'm a fan I'm a fan mm. we've only got a few more points left so she'll just flash through them because obviously sure. we're probably recording quite a long time now there's a point where Nate Hiriyama steps Andy Ellis and like leaves him for yes. dead I uh, love it and then he like puts this really nice king to Nate Hiriyama was brilliant off the bench he was wasn't he he was really good <laughs> and like he kept stepping round people and like putting in really and, nice like, kicks yeah varying his kicks as well he was just and, like, it- falling there's a few times where that thing Connor said about you know Crowley uh, against France saying just go for it just completely go yeah. all out suddenly makes a lot of sense when you look at for a few sure. of the kicks kind of in their own 22 trying little stab grubbers behind yeah, and chip yeah. kicks and so on from their own line I love it there's Are one you, that Matt yeah. Evans does that just comes off perfectly Yeah, it's Dag, oh, Dag so drops it, it nearly goes so, into his hands yeah because yeah. Oh, he if the ball bounce for him he's in you know yeah. and in the end it bounces towards Dag and Dag knocks it on and there's yeah. a similar one this slide through that um, Mulyaina knocks on yes yeah. But oh, it's it's nice. Canada yeah. plays some really nice rugby throughout yeah. the game, even though they're getting torn apart. And there's a little bit of like, you, we don't we don't care about the defence, you know. We'll wait until we get the ball back. Sure. And we just go there. Yeah. Um, there is one moment in defence, though, because one guy that would never have that attitude is Adam Kleeberger, who is excellent again. You yes. Know? Just tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. Uh, and huge impact on all of them. You know, 10 tackles made in the end, more than any of the All Blacks. Uh, only behind Ryan Smith in total, but he is seemingly everywhere, and he puts in a few great shots. Yeah, until he, towards the end of the game, about ten minutes to go, sees Andrew Hoare on the wing, and decides it's time for my masterpiece. I am going to try and tackle him with only my beard, <laughs> and so he heads into him, beard first, and knocks both of them out cold. Yeah. And they're both down for a long time. Do they both go yeah. off? Both of them go off, yeah. Yeah. Kleberger stands back up and is sort of roaringly applauded off. You know, in that thing of like, I've never had a serious concussion, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, I've had a few sort of knocks to the head where you are a bit disorientated. Yeah. But they tend to have come more when I've hit my head on a kitchen cupboard than in a rugby match. But sure. The guys that pick him up begin to take him over to the bench and then one of the doctors clearly says, no, we need to get him to turn tunnel and get him assessed now. Uh, so they have to turn him around and you think if you're concussed, you're struggling to stand. The last thing you want to be doing is doing a circle yeah. and being taken in different directions. If you don't know where you are anyway, to be taken, no, actually, we're over here. Yeah. But no, no, it's... It's one of those things of, like, I hate it when people applaud concussions and say, God, what a bold, brave man. Yeah, playing, yeah. I you know, applaud people for playing all without it or whatever, and he doesn't, thankfully. Yeah. But it it's, did kind of sum him up that he was unafraid. For to sure, like yeah. That. It's a very unfortunate end to the World Cup for him, because... Yeah, yeah as but also it's was it was sort of it was fitting, you know. It was oh, actually course. a try-saving tackle that was, he made, yeah. and he puts himself completely on the line, and he knocks the other guy out yeah. too. the only other try that scored in this game is Victor Vito scores in the last play, where Perer yes. does this actually really nice pass back inside to him. Yeah, yeah, and he scores under the posts, and that's the wrap of the All Blacks tries. They're seventy-nine points. Yeah, and it it was a really fast-paced game. Like, there's a lot going yeah. on. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was so much oh, I really fun. really enjoyed watching this Both match. teams yeah. played at their best. Yeah, yeah, it was so much fun. Should we do Man of the Match Dick of the Day, or should we do the Canadian Leaving Party? Let's do, let's do Man of the Match Dick of the Day. Sure. Well, you said you're Dick of the Day. My so... Dick of the Day is Sam Whitelock, yes. <laughs> yes, for losing his gum shield and looking revolted at it and inventing coronavirus in the process. <laughs> Who would have known that a few years later, when a bat falls out of his mouth and he puts it back <laughs> in there, it would lead to this disease? So, I have a couple of nominations. There's one where there's this really nice flowing move, kind of start doing where mm. Anderman Road has this crossfield kick. Carpenter catches it, steps a couple of people, feeds this nice pass back in, in field to O'Toole, who like loops the ball around somebody and does a nice offload, to Pat Reardon, who then gets the ball and looks completely clueless and just throws it forward. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and just like, it's like, yeah, hello. How do you do, fellow backs? You know? Pat Reardon, who is an incredibly. Canadian looking man. Yeah. And I don't know if you listened to his post match interview. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, he decides to prove how Canadian is by <laughs> at one point he goes to say we were trying to make the most of it and but instead he says we were trying to make the moose of it. Oh no. He because doesn't. he's so Canadian. <laughs> he says brilliant. moose by accident because he's always thinking about national emblems. He yeah. does correct himself. Yeah. but he does accidentally say moose that's funny fair play I'm surprised um, he didn't say you know Connor Trainer's going 10 poutines <laughs> there's a couple of other nominations there's one point where Aaron Carpenter tries a box kick and it goes just straight up yes. in the air as a little chip <laughs> it does not work at all and I love Look, it I, I could see what he was trying to do and when the sure. company said it was Carpenter, I was a bit surprised because it was closer to coming off than I'd have thought he would manage. I, I loved to see it. He went on to play most of his career at Hooker after this. Yeah, it was it was great, but obviously yeah. didn't work. Uh, however, my man of the match is going to go to Kieran Reed because there's a point about ten minutes into the game where he tries this weird like cat flap pass uh, that in his head looks really nice, and it just mm. goes to the floor. And it, it's like you often see people try it when they're like ten years old and they're trying to figure out you know, what is this thing that people do on the television where they pass it out the back of their hand? And yeah. it looks like he's never practiced that before in his life. And we know Kieran Reed is good at that. At least he is later yes. in his career. But it goes straight to the floor and it was um, rubbish. Maybe that was his first time. He's just a really quick learner. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So yeah, Kieran Reid's my dick of the day. Man of the match, do you want to start? Okay, yeah. I mean, Colin Trader deserves mention. Yes, because sure. he takes those two tries really nicely. And he mentioned Ryan Smith as well. And I thought Ryan Smith was fantastic. Yeah. I he was very quietly, very good. Yeah. I think Kleeberg is the other player that really stands out for Canada. Um, though Chauncey O'Toole... Actually, no, that whole back row. Sorry, that whole back row, really good. Yeah, they are. Kleeberg carries really well. There's a few times he's sort of Faletau-esque on scrums are going backwards, and he still managed to make five metres. Yeah. Which is hugely impressive. Uh, Chauncey O'Toole, I think, is a great has a great... has probably his best game of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, turns the all over a few times... Is always there on the shoulder, you know. And again, as I said in past episodes, you kind of get why the All Blacks, no, why the Ospreys signed. Easy mistake to continue the Ospreys and the All Blacks. Yeah, same team. Yeah. E- easy to see why the Ospreys signed him, you know. Yeah. And why he got a professional contract at the back of this World Cup. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, you kind of have to go. I mean, Zach Guilford scored four tries. Uh, Colin Slade, very, very alive. You know, yeah. he was just there when he. Uh, I thought Jerome Kano. Was phenomenal. He was outstanding. He was yeah. incredible. He was the official man of the match. But I—it's hard to not give it to Sonny Bill Williams for the sheer yeah, things he I had on that. everything in the game. I get that. So Sonny Bill with a, a mention for Jerome Kano underneath, yeah, who was that's brilliant. Fair. I've written down both Aaron Carpenter and Connor Trainer. I think they both had great games for Canada. I think Carpenter was always sent them forward, and he, of course, did this really nice carry to set up the position for Trainer's first try. Yeah. I also Colin Slade was brilliant. Mm. I think he brought loads of shape to them. Obviously, he was very alive when he moved to fullback and the wing and stuff. He was a bit less involved, but when he was playing ten, he looked really good. Alive. He was alive. Yes. Sonny Bill and Conrad, obviously, have both got written down. Vic De Vito, I think, was very good in the second half, but I think he was shaky in the first. So mm. I didn't realise Jerome Kaino was the official man of the match, but I'm yes. going to give it to him. I think he absolutely battered everything that came into his way. And similarly to the Tonga game, he was just completely dominant in every collision and really sort of set the precedent for everything the All Blacks did well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, it's, it's hard to argue with that. And I'm glad we landed on Kaino and Sonny Bill as the yeah. two... Recognised players. Yeah, I'm glad you um, gave it to Sunny Bill, also. However, we do have to move on and say farewell to Canada. I can't wait to hear what song you're going to play. Is this... Is this a Scott Pilgrim song? It's the song Scott Pilgrim by Plumtree, which was That's the song... That's so underwhelming. No, it's the song Brian Lee O'Malley listened to, and the the comic book was named after. That's super underwhelming. I was hoping for Carly Ray. knocking uh, <laughs> not gonna lie. I completely forgot about Carly Ray Jetson. And all the other Canadian musicians we mentioned No but I, like the... every, everyone else we went mentioned flash through my head. Um but that was there. Put on Carly Ray. Yeah, yeah 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 no it's fine. It's fine. No, look, we need to play them in the background she's we can't have her sing in the background. She's actually here. She's on mute. Carly- yeah, Carly, sorry, Carly Ray, you alright? Cool, yeah. She's holding up signs like a. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> She's, She's like- whispering my ear like sooty. <laughs> She's- my- what's that, Carly Ray? That's right, Carly Ray, you help. You yeah. She's wishing her well. Now we're talking. <laughs> This is Kylie Ray's now playing this live for us, for the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the first and time we just we've can had that. talk over it. But actually, it's the second time we've had that a leaving party because we had who was it on the first leave? Who was the first one? Namibia, maybe. I don't know, but we, at one point I did have to kick somebody out. I can remember there being a bit about that. Anyway, so Canada, good rugby team. Yep. Sorry, Carly Ray's saying she just met us. She's been on every Zoom call we've done.
0: So, no meta
2: coordinator logistics here. Mate, that's the lyric of the song. Show some fucking respect. What? That's just the lyrics of the song. No, she's singing it to us, though. Yeah. But she... you show some respect. You're talking over Carly Ray Jepsen singing a beautiful, beautiful ballad. Should we just let the rest of the song play before we speak again? just get copyright striked which is yeah. something I'm so fond of yeah I love copyright strikes well we have got 16 lawyers so oh man we've got 16 now yeah I thought we always had did 16 did leave okay I don't know <laughs> where have they gone <laughs> they're trying to clear the rise for this so Canada rugby team <laughs> Canada were really good yeah Canada were great and like really good value yeah their win over Tonga was sort of the highlight for them I think I think yeah. um uh, I'm going to agree with Connor Trainer and say that uh, Adam Kleeberger was my player of the tournament for them. Mm. I think every single game he was sort of the standout, mainly for his beard, partially for his uh, yeah. tackle count. Also, DTH Vander was was phenomenal in every game. Yeah, like physically he was so ready for everything that came his way, and just we know how talented he is. As Connor said, like he always gets the plaudits that he deserves, and that's great. Yeah, but it's worth mentioning. Because DJ Van der is one of these things that happens in World Cups. We have a tier two team who have one, maybe two players who play at the highest level, yeah. highest intensity. And DJ Van der constantly showed up. He was yeah, constantly sure. as, as good as he could be, you know? Uh, and I don't doubt any of those players give their all, but you don't feel the impact of a Jacques Berger
1: no. in
2: Namibia trying to remain in the game, you know? Yeah. Uh even though he'll give absolutely everything he's got, he's just not that type of player. Yeah. But Van der Merve was the type of player Canada needed because he would bust the line, sure. because he would score tries, he'd finish, you know, in in multiple games. He was he was invaluable. You know, yeah, you can't right. put a price on a really class outside back. And yet there he was. You know, they just had him lying there somewhere in Glasgow, I guess, at this point. Yeah. And we used to make jokes about, you know, him thinking he was world class and I was playing for Canada just because yeah. he plays for Glasgow. But he he was Really He's good, so good, so good in this tournament. And of course, I'm sure you're going to mention the Titanium Ten. I was for... I'm. I'm glad you took the words out of my mouth. Carly's moving on. Okay, Carly Ray. She's got. A, she's going to sing a like a medley for us. Oh, nice, which is delightful. So yeah, I want to cut to the feeling that I felt every time I watched Ander Monroe, which was sheer delight. He, <laughs> because he was. It was like. A back rower who was an incredibly capable fly half. Yeah. And he had that kind of like frustration with the team not taking the points or whatever in him dropping goals. Sure. He flew into everything, including from an offside position. I he was every- I loved him. I loved been watching him back. Maybe the biggest revelation of this tournament for me. That sort of yes. At the time, I didn't realise quite how weird he was as a player. And yeah. it's been so entertaining watching him trying to figure him out. And I still haven't done it now we've finished Candace games. No, I'm guessing I can't watch him play in... Like the, we need to do like the PNC retrospective podcast. Or something yeah, about. we do. So we can watch him and a bunch of these players back. Yeah. And there were things like when I was watching Kieran Reed on the other team, I started thinking, I really want to watch back that vintage period of Kieran Reid in 2014 when yeah. he was the best behind the world by such a margin and yet still mm. didn't win World Player of the Year. Yeah, it was very, very good. No, but I, yeah, really fun Canada team. Really played their part, as you yeah. can say it. Interesting that they were so gutted to lose to Japan, you know, because that was yeah. a real good game um, yeah. where both teams played their, their part. And as we said at the time, it felt a bit like two teams on opposite trajectories, you know? Yeah. That they happened to catch Canada, no, Japan just at that point as they were rising. And yeah, it's a, it's a shame for them yeah but really good but we haven't mentioned jamie cudmore we haven't mentioned no James Clough, yeah who that year became the first canadian club player super rugby of course and yeah jamie cudmore was playing in france was was very very good I've yeah got to I, say a though, really good Canada team dick of the tournament is jamie cudmore for not getting any red cards in the whole tournament what the hell are you playing at mate what was he doing Where was do he, better honestly yeah that's that's i've said my piece on canada i will miss them yeah uh, one other thing I want to mention as well, that there was a mention of the sort of travelling support and so on. Yeah. At one point in the first half, it cuts up to some Canadians in the crowd. And one is holding an enormous banner, like the size of like four seats, that just says, I'm the aunt of the scrum half of the Canada yes, Rugby Road Yes, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And thought, the thing is, the first thing that came to my head was, do they not know his name? <laughs> they just know yeah, his position. exactly. Tradition. But it's probably just so the random stranger will congratulate them. Yeah, because I imagine rotten. they probably walk around most of the time in Canada with big signs that say "I'm Ed Fairhurst's sand, Yeah, yeah, that's that was good. I'm glad you brought that because I forgot. Yeah, I don't have I anything to say about it. It's it's just really enjoyed heroic. it as a, yeah, as a thing. For sure. Yeah, uh, it's not quite the. It's like it's top five best banners in the tournament. Not quite the rock in a Samoa yeah, jersey. Yeah, or the, the what was the French one? Something. It was probably something offensive. I don't remember. Um, the, the Frenchman tried to bring a chicken in. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I think that concludes the Canadian leaving party. Okay, Carly Rae, thank you very much. Thanks, Carly Rae, um, as She's just going to be second song. She's got seven seconds left, so She we might have her finish. Okay. Thank you, wow, Carly. two whole songs. Yeah. She doesn't about. No, yeah. She's professional. Okay. Rugby. That's, that's us finished, is it not? Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much to Connor Trainer for appearing yeah. on this for the the point in which this ramble was worth listening to. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that has listened and has found out the hard way. <laughs> thank you to William for cutting the song I tried to do. Yeah. And thank you to you at home for being so special. And I believe we only have two more games of the pool Stage yes. left, do we? So we've got yeah. Wales against Fiji's next and then Ireland against Italy to round it off. Yeah, we're coming in to the end. And obviously, you may be aware there's a Six Nations starting very soon. Yes. So we're going to sort of work it out as we go. Yeah. But yeah, we've got the knockouts to come. We've got two more games at the pool stage. And then we've got the actual final. Yeah. Which I never thought we'd get to. Very exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. So mm. should be good. Let's watch some rugby. Rugby! Thanks again to Connor Trainer for coming on. Yeah. Uh, that, was that was hugely a appreciated and so much fun talking to him. And yeah, thank you for listening as always. Thank you. We'll see you next week for Wales against Fiji. Bye-bye.